0: Before we start with this week's podcast, we have a bit of a public announcement. Journalism that covers the EU in a clear, unbiased way is critical to the future of the European Union and should not be behind the paywall. We remain committed to providing our content, like this podcast, for free, and we believe that you value it. News revenue is impacted heavily by the current crisis. We're asking you to consider making a contribution to your active in support of our editorial work and the work we do to bring in this podcast please go to www.euroactive.com contribute. Even a small amount will help us keep doing the work that we do. And now, back to the news. Welcome to Your Active's Digital Brief podcast with me, Samuel Stolton, where I look into the week's biggest European technology news stories in the world of politics and policy. As the EU readies itself to present a broad regulatory framework for the online ecosystem towards the end of 2020, US President Trump this week has adopted a no-holds-barred approach to social media, threatening to strongly regulate or close down Twitter after the platform fact-checked one of his tweets. Facebook's boss Mark Zuckerberg weighed in on the debate earlier this week and adopted almost of a Trumpian free speech approach. Talking to Fox News, he said that he thinks a government choosing to censor a platform because they're worried about censorship doesn't exactly strike him as the right reflex. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey had previously said that the platform's decision does not make it an arbiter of truth. Our intention is to connect the dots of conflicting statements and show the information in dispute so people can judge for themselves, Dorsey tweeted after Trump attacked Twitter for that fact-checking notice on one of his tweets. Back to Brussels then, and while the US plays to form in advocating for a freedom of speech approach with regards to the online social media eco-space, the EU has announced that as part of the Digital Services Act scheduled for Q4 this year, a public consultation will be opened in the very near future. That's according to Anthony Whelan, who is Commission President von der Leyen's digital advisor. He was speaking at an event held by Digital Europe on Thursday morning. In the European Parliament, the Civil Liberties Initiative report for the DSA, led by MEP Chris Peters, was debated on Monday. Peters noted how his report supported maintaining the foundations of the e-commerce directive, including the prohibition of general monitoring obligation limited liability exemptions and the Internal Market Clause. As an extension of this, he also supported the idea of the DSA including proactive measures for illegal content as well as the establishment of an independent oversight body. Shadow Marina Calderan from the s and Group said she had concerns about the use of automated tools for proactive measures, while GUI's Cornelia Ernst also stood against the idea of automatised filters in terms of content moderation. In the Internal Market Committee, meanwhile, which is responsible for drafting the main parliamentary report, the green shadow, Alexandra Geyser, has summarised her thoughts in a recent blog post, the link to which you can find on the active website. Now, another huge story this week, of course, has been the Commission's revised multi-annual financial framework and the new 750 billion euro recovery fund, which the executive announced yesterday. As part of Digital Europe, the EU's capacity building digital programme, the funding framework will now be slated to get 8.2 billion over the next seven years. Meanwhile, Horizon Europe, the EU's research and innovation funding framework, will be in for 94.4 billion, 13.5 billion of which would be sourced from the Commission's new Next Generation EU Recovery Fund, which, when you do the math, in effect, actually allocates around 81 billion for Horizon Europe as part of the revamped MMF, which is a markdown from the original Commission proposal in 2018 of 86 billion euros. Now, in order to finance the recovery fund in general, the Commission is considering a range of sources, including the option of bringing back Europe-wide plans for a digital services tax in order to finance the outlay And I'm sure you will remember that the Digital Services Act plans failed last year in the European Council, requiring, as they do, unanimity between member states. Of course, as part of the recovery package announced on Wednesday, the Commission also drew our attention to a number of priorities in the digital domain. The Executive said yesterday that the coronavirus outbreak has exposed certain vulnerabilities of the EU such as excessive dependence on imports of critical goods and services. The bloc should therefore strive to achieve digital autonomy in a number of fields, the Commission says, which in the digital domain includes 5G, quantum communication infrastructure and cybersecurity. Looking at the member states more specifically now, in terms of the coronavirus outbreak in the tech world, Belgium's railways are testing smart cameras with sensors, to ensure its workers wear masks and maintain their distance to stop the spread of the virus. While Slovakia has had problems with its new smart quarantine system, your active Slovakia branch reports this week that the mobile app developed so that people returning to the country from abroad could spend the 14-day quarantine period in their homes rather than in state facilities has not yet been fully operational as Google or Apple have neither approved the software for use in the country as yet. Meanwhile, in Latvia, the country aims to become one of the first to launch the Google and Apple smartphone contact tracing application using a new toolkit recently developed. In France, the French parliament have approved their stop COVID application, paving the way for a weekend launch of a tool developed independently of the more widely used Apple Google platform. And the French digital secretary, Cédric O has been very busy this week uh, talking lots about really the uh, privacy concerns surrounding France's centralised architecture of data processing as part of the Stop COVID application. And you can read much more about France's coronavirus contact tracing system on the Euractiv website. Meanwhile, staying with coronavirus and drones are being used in Scotland to help deliver personal protective equipment to residents on remote islands, the BBC reports. And the Commission has had a very busy week this week, yesterday also publishing a public version of its work programme. No huge surprises to many of us working in the digital sector. The Digital Services Act stays at Q4 2020. There had been rumours that it would be pushed back to Q1 2021, but alas, that never came to be. However, there have been postponements to the follow-up on the AI white paper, which is now being pushed back to Q1 2021. The Digital Education Action Plan goes to Q3 2020. The review of the roaming regulation goes to Q1 2021. And the Common Charges Legislative Initiative goes to Q1 2021 as well. And in the cybersecurity world this week, the Commission confirmed in its published work programme yesterday that the review of the Network and Information Systems Directive would take place at the end of this year, as had previously been expected. In the context of the coronavirus outbreak, I asked Jakub Borotinsky, who is Acting Director for Digital Society Trust and Cybersecurity at DG Connect, if there could be a potential widening in the scope of Operators of Essential Services as part of the NIS Directive Review. He told me, and he was speaking as part of the Tr- Charter of Trust Brussels Roadshow video conference, that it was a no-brainer to consider the widening of the OES scope to include various public sector players. Staying with the Commission's recovery plans now, and a renewed emphasis has also been placed on the cybersecurity of Europe's critical infrastructure. There'll be a proposal forthcoming as well as a revamped cybersecurity strategy in the offing from cybersecurity now to 5G and bolstered US sanctions against Chinese telecommunications giant Huawei have prompted UK authorities to launch a fresh probe into the company, a government spokesperson said on Sunday. That news came following an earlier report, which was in the Daily Telegraph, suggesting that Prime Minister Boris Johnson could be plotting to reduce Huawei's involvement in the UK's 5G network infrastructure to zero by 2023 um, and that was a rumour that uh, provoked quite a a strong reaction from Huawei and you can see their response on our website. The Netherlands can steam ahead with 5G spectrum auctions the court in The Hague ruled earlier this week following a lawsuit filed by action group Stop 5GNL on public health grounds. Meanwhile, in Germany, Deutsche Telekom said on Monday that it expects to deploy 5G technology in 14 additional cities this year. And in Sweden, operators Telia and Tele2 announced the launch of 5G commercial networks in the country. Moving on to the world of data protection now, an enforcement of EU data privacy rules is being stifled By lack of resources across national authorities, according to a new study published on Monday, which, of course, was the second anniversary of the EU's landmark General Data Protection Regulation. Also this week, the Irish Data Protection Commission got a telling-off from Austrian privacy activist Max Schrems, who criticised the performance of the authority in a bid to force them to step up GDPR probes into some of the world's largest tech firms. But the DPA, did announce on Friday that Twitter could be the first global tech giant to face a penalty from the Dublin authority after Ireland's DPC submitted a draft decision on a data breach by Twitter to other EU member states. In artificial intelligence news this week, EU police forces are set to roll out Australian-made anti-drone weaponry in order to help eliminate national security threats. However, the technology in question is prohibited by federal law in the United States. And you can read more about that story, of course, on the active website. In the UK, biometric authentication company iProve have provided facial recognition tech to the UK NHS login app, reports UK authority. And in Croatia, the government is seeking quick fix amendments to its Law on Identification cards in order to ensure compliance with EU rules on fingerprint and photo data. In the media world this week, speaking to Legal Affairs MEPs on Monday, Vice President for Values and Transparency at the European Commission, Vera Jerova, gave a bit more detail on the upcoming Democracy Action Plan, due to be presented by year end. She said that it would aim to counter disinformation and support independent EU media. Meanwhile, in Slovenia, in a strongly worded statement, reporters without borders have lashed out against Prime Minister Janez Jansa and accused him of Trump-style attacks and threats against journalists. Slovenia isn't the only country in the European Union to receive a slap on the wrists this week after the European Court on Human Rights found that Hungary had violated freedom of expression when Parliamentary Speaker and Fidesz MP Laszlo Kova indefinitely banned a number of journalists from the Parliament building in 2016. Also more bleak news for journalists working in the European Union this week after Georgi Alexandrov was found dead in the sea near Varna Bulgaria's largest city on the Black Sea. And that's about all we've got time for this week. A big thank you to all our listeners all over the world. You'll hear from me again next week.